You're listening to the Slumber Party Podcast with your host, Amanda Jusen, a mum of two girls, a child and infant sleep expert, and general sleep lover. If you're a tired parent who is desperate for answers or just someone who loves sleep, this podcast was created just for you. Each episode is packed full of tips and tricks to help you maintain your sanity as well as your social life during the early stages of parenthood. So grab your headphones, it's time to get comfy. Okay, welcome everybody to the Slumber Party Podcast. I am your host, Amanda Jusen. And uh, if you are watching this on YouTube, welcome. Um, I am doing my first ever live call-in episode. And this is where uh, people call in and I'm gonna answer their questions live. Um, we have Christine who's called in right away. We're gonna jump into her call, but I'm just gonna give you a little breakdown on how this is gonna work today. So I'm gonna accept the calls as they come in. Uh, there may be a video component. There may not be. It's the first time I'm doing this. I'm sure there is a, a, a possibility for you to turn off your screen or I won't publish your part of the video uh, live on the YouTube. That's fine. Uh, we're going to talk this out. I have no idea about what my uh, people are going to ask uh, generally. I mean, they're asking me right now. I haven't prepared for this. And we're going to have a great conversation. Um, I hope we are anyway. So here we go. Chris Sorry, I guess it doesn't give you the function to turn off your camera um, and leave the microphone oh, on. I'm so sorry. That's so that's annoying. Okay. No problem. On your behalf. Um, I wish I had known that, but that's okay. We don't have to, we don't have to publish your side. We can <laughs> just publish me talking Perfect. and uh, we can keep your, your beautiful um, coloring out of there. It does look really nice though. Thank you. And my four-year-old is laying beside me like she always does at this time, right? Yes. Um, okay, so this is bedtime. This is probably yes. what we're going to talk about tonight, I guess. Yes. Yes. It's, All right, yes. so give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> She's saying yes. Okay. Yes. And just so I'm, it, this is the first time I've done this, um, Nicole. So yeah. uh, please let me know if there's any problem with this sound on your end. But so far, does it sound okay? Yeah, it sounds perfect. Okay, great. Thank All you. right, go ahead. Let me have her. Okay, so my daughter is four and she does not um, go to sleep by herself. I have to lay in the bed until she falls asleep, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay it can so, can she hear me right now she she can I don't okay know okay change that but yeah i guess i could put it's okay. I well, it would just okay. it, it's totally okay. I'm totally happy to answer this question with her here. It just might sort of change the wording I may use. Sure. Um, perfect. And you can spell because she can't uh because she can't spell. When's her birthday? I also have a four-year-old. What's your birthday? March 31st. March oh. Are you are you yeah. going into JK soon? Yes. Oh my are you excited? Yes. Oh my gosh. I well, I'm excited for you. My little girl's going to JK and she's also very, very, very excited. So I understand. Okay. So um now when when we are putting uh your daughter to bed, um what will happen if you leave the room typically? Um, yeah, she will she will just be upset, cry, come out of the bed and won't stand. 
Okay. So this is, and you know, this is what I like to call like, you know, by the way, when I answer these questions, if you and I were just talking in real life, it wouldn't be this drawn out. But for the sake of the Mm -hmm. podcast, I like to like really break it down. So you'll have to bear with me. (laughs) Okay. So when, when we're talking about um, sleep associations Mm -hmm. with children, with babies, it's really easy to figure out what that is, right? It's usually like rocking, padding, shushing, feeding. We can think of all of the physical things that we're doing. Now, something happens along the way. Now, did did your daughter ever sleep on her own or has this sort of been kind of what how things have been happening? You know, probably for about six months, between two and two and a half, she did. And then oh, okay. before and after, she did not, no. Okay, okay. So then, you know, in, in that case, you can think about uh, what what things that you were doing to help her sleep. And then as kids get older, um, parents start to lose the fact or, or lose sight of what could be the sleep association, right? Like, well, I'm not patting or shushing. All they need is for me to sit with them. And this can actually happen a lot with babies who are quote unquote sleep trained, know how to sleep on their own. And then suddenly they can walk and talk and they say, you know, can you just sit with me until I fall asleep? And that is such an easy thing to do, right? okay, no problem. I'll just lay with you until you fall asleep. On the surface, for most parents, it's going to be a not big deal. And honestly, I I think I just also want to let you know, so many people do what you do um, just because they like it. And so I I honor that. Um, If you're wanting to change it, what we have to understand is that you're now a part of your daughter's sleep dance. So a sleep Mm -hmm. dance is, is, are the things that you do before you go to bed, which is kind of like wiggle and squirm and do all of those things. And we, when your child is going to bed, you're part of their wiggle and squirming. So they're not being mean or misbehaving. They're legitimately saying like, look, I need a certain thing. Like I touch your skin or I roll and you're next to me. And these are the things that I need to fall asleep. And so until we want that to stop, um, it's just kind of one of those things that you do have to stop, right? Now, when you do just stop it. We don't just say, okay, bye. Good luck. You know, um, there's a, a slow and steady approach that you can take to do that. Now, obviously when you're, you're removing yourself from that uh, situation, your daughter's probably going to have some really big feelings about you moving because it's, it's a stressful situation for her to, to pick up those behaviors again. Okay, what do I do? Do I need to squiggle? Do I need to squirm? Do I need to like move on my side or my back? How do I even like to sleep? Now, a, a quick question for you. Does she get up in the middle of the night to try to find you? Yes. Yeah, so that's that's what I was going to just say next. I, You know, me laying down with her at the beginning mm-hmm. causes an issue because she wakes up in the middle of the night. I'm not there because she thinks I'm sleeping with her all night. And then I end up she calls me and then I end up sleeping in her bed for the rest of the night. So it's a vicious cycle. Yeah, well, that, that's actually what I was going to say, that usually parents who are laying with a child when they go to bed ha- tend to have several night wakings after, because that's not usually the end of it. So when they go to bed and when they wake up in the middle of the night, like we all do, in order to fall back to sleep, they need their sleep dance, and that is you. Yeah. So in order for everyone to have a better sleep, she she legitimately requires your presence at this time. So if, yeah. if you wanted to um, remove that, unfortunately, like these are those 
those like big, huge, giant questions that I can't be like, this is this is what you're going to do. This is the plan, because this is going to be um, especially for a four year old plus. Um, and, and by the way, this is usually the, the time I hear about this is around four plus when parents are like, oh, OK, I think I'm done. <laughs> yeah. um, it's it needs to be a slow and steady approach over, you know, several days of removing you and building her self-esteem and building her confidence and having a chat with her. So I do recommend you know, either working with a consultant, talking with your doctor, finding a program, um, talking to, you know, a, a mental health professional, not just because this is a mental health issue, but because they probably have issues with, you know, separation and children, and they could probably mm -hmm. guide you along those, that pathway. Um, but yeah, you want to do it in a way that that sets boundaries for you. You know, this is my boundary. I love you. This is something I, I'm not able to do right now because it's it's affecting me in, in my sleep overnight. But it doesn't, I think that when people think of this, um, this thing, we think of it being like very tough and very upsetting. But when we do it right, it's usually a really nice bonding experience between mom and child as we move into the next phase. I, I liken it to potty training sometimes. You know, when you're like literally right next to your child being like, are you going to be? Are you going to be? Oh, my God, you did. You peed. You peed. And so it's kind of it's kind of like that. So it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be horrible. OK. I promise. Right. <laughs> So Thank yeah, you. if if you wanted to, Nicole, it, I mean, if you did want to work with a consultant, you can give us a call at any time and I can kind of talk you through more specifics there uh, to get some more specifics about your situation or or book a chat with your doctor to talk about a really gentle way to, to remove her um, from the bed. But it, it can be a really nice experience for everyone. Okay, great. Thank you, Amanda. No problem. Thank you for calling in, Nicole. Thank you. Okay, good night. Bye. All right, we have Samantha up next. Hold on. Uh, accept. Okay, people are saying hi. All right, we're just waiting for Samantha to load. Anyone else, if you have a question, just go ahead and, and request your question and we'll make sure that you are in the podcast. See lots of you here. Thanks for coming, by the way, guys. What an experiment. I just figured out that this was a function um, in my new recording software and I was like, I have to use this. This is amazing. Okay, we're having trouble connecting, it seems. Christine and Samantha, are you still here? Are we here? Okay, so someone said, yes, I've accepted your call. Can you try requesting it again? to see if it goes through. Again, really fine YouTube slash podcast content. You know, while we're waiting for our, our guests to, to retry, um, one of the things that, you know, I like to talk about with, with toddlers and preschoolers is that 
bed sharing it can, you know, I really want to be clear that I don't judge that. Um, and, you know, parents choose to bed sh share um, frequently. Um, they, they That's a choice that they are, are wanting to make. And I think that as long as it works for all parties, there's no need to change it unless you want to. Okay, look, it looks like Samantha is with us. And she's hiding her camera, and that is fine, Samantha. You do not have to show your camera. Thank you so much for joining us. I can hear you. Can you hear me? Oh, Samantha, are you there? Oh, we're so close, Samantha. Hello, can you hear me? Hello, Samantha. <laughs> oh, we're so close. Okay, Samantha, I don't think you, you can hear me, so I'm gonna remove you, we'll try one more time. Oh, hello? Samantha, I think that you have to have your, your screen on in order for me to hear you but you can just have your screen facing down. Nope, and we're gone, okay. All right, anyone, if anyone else has any other questions, Christine or Samantha, I'd love to chat with you. All right, okay, Samantha's gonna try one more time, here we go. We're gonna edit this out. <laughs> Hello? Hi, Samantha, can you hear me? I can hear you, can you hear me? I can hear you. Hello, we made it happen. Perfect. <laughs> yes, thank you. So tell me what's happening. Thank you for doing this, by the way. You're very brave. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. Um, so basically, well, I have a two-year-old and I, I did the sleep training on my own and it went really well. Um, and now I have a seven, almost seven-month-old. She's okay. currently in our room. Um, okay. I put a sheet up to block her because, you know, that head pops up and the eyes lock and she yep. sees us and, and it's she over. Wants us. Yep. So it's over. Um so we're going to be moving in a month and the girls will actually be sharing a, a room then. So I wanted to okay. kind of get her ready for that. I tried sleep training her without a pacifier, without anything. Mm -hmm. um, having her, you know, cry a little bit and go and comfort her every 12 minutes. Um, it's the middle of the night. Like she would go over an hour, an hour and a half, two hours, and she wants to play and she wants to just be with us and she, she's okay for her naps, but it's just that through that right. night. Okay, so uh, when, what age? Uh, maybe a wait? Yeah. Yeah, well, what, what age did you start to sleep train at? Um, just maybe about not even three weeks ago I tried. Three weeks ago. So she okay. doesn't really need to eat through the night. I, I do still do a feeding. Like, I don't mind doing a feeding and putting her back down because I did that for a right. little bit with 
the older one too, but she just she just yeah. wants to play. Like she's she wants to be rocked and walked and and then she's making noises and she's up at six in the morning, happy still. Okay, so um, so is she she's just eating the once at night? Is that right? No, not now. Um, okay, she. I've had good nights where she's eaten twice, but um, okay. I mean, she can eat all through the night. Like she just wants to be with me. I don't know if she actually smells me. I don't know if I should be leaving the room to do this. Maybe I can sleep else like on the couch for a week. I don't know what to do. Yeah, you know what? I think that it would prop. So when when room sharing, I obviously um, room sharing is recommended for quite some time with with um, okay. uh, babies and and I, I think. I should know this. I think it's anywhere from six months to 12 months. And depending on what doctor you're going to talk to, it's going to change. So room sharing and sleep training can okay. totally happen. But what is probably happening okay. is that she is room sharing. She does smell you. You are breastfeeding. She is mm -hmm. going to see you and she's going to mm -hmm. want to interact with you, play with you. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a couple of options that you can actually do. So mm -hmm. number one, like you said, sometimes I have parents kind of sleeping on a couch for a few nights while they do the work and so, okay. sort of let their child figure things out independently. Because at seven months, you know, is mm -hmm. she eating okay? Is she eating well? How are her solids? Yeah, I have her now three times a day. I thought maybe she was hungry and, you know, that's why she was waking a lot. Um, I mean, she feeds pretty well. I, I'd even, I'm giving her a bottle once a day too, just to make sure I can see that she's getting enough. But in mm. terms of her weight, like she's where she needs to be. There's no issue with that. She's actually bigger right. than my first one was. Okay. Um, so she doesn't, according to the doctor, she doesn't need to eat through the night. Okay. Um, okay. Um, and so, I, so that's good. I, I mean, I don't mind. Yeah, you know what? It's sometimes so it's not. Well, I was just wondering about the food because sometimes what what can happen is that babies reverse cycle. So that means they put the majority yeah. of their milk calories at night and then their bodies start yeah. to need those calories or want those calories at night because that's where the majority of the calories are coming from. So then you become, you're, yeah. you get inside this pickle where you're like, oh, how do I stop it? Um, you're essentially, yeah. you know, I, I encourage you like feed lots and lots and lots and lots and lots during the day. And obviously you want to talk to your okay. doctor about night weaning. I have a whole podcast about night weaning mm -hmm. and why I don't advise about it uh, publicly. So definitely talk to your yeah. doctor. Yeah, I do because night weaning is not so easy. You know what I mean? But why I say like okay. if solids are good mm -hmm. and she's a good feeder overall, mm -hmm. then she can probably with the mm -hmm. advice of your doctor, get those calories during the daytime. So that's not that that's now not a worry. Yeah. Um, the other thing, so you're out yeah. of the room, you have your program, give it a good week. Um, but know that if she's been room sharing for a little while, it's going to take a little bit of time for her to kind of get past the fact that she's no longer room sharing with, with mom for those few days, yeah. have a plan of action, you know, when she has some big feelings about that as well. Um, okay. So then the other thing yeah. is how would she, how does she fall asleep for nap time during the day? Um, so when I was, uh, she used to use the pacifier, 
Um, and like, I mean, she would fall asleep instant with it. She wants to sleep. She's probably tired during the day too. I'm trying to cap the three hours, um, mm-hmm. like in total, right? Like two and a half to mm-hmm. three hours. Um, this way it doesn't interfere with that night's sleep. But mm-hmm. when I had her, uh, when I tried about three weeks ago, she, I took the pacifier away. I wanted to her, wanted her to fall asleep without anything, right? Just the sound machine right. and the sleep sack. And I do my whole routine. Um, yeah. I mean, the first one got it within like three or four days, right? So that's why I was yeah. like, okay. So uh, actually, I was reading, I was listening to one of your podcasts, and it was, I think, a reset. So I was like, okay, let me just try to, you know, reset it kind of thing because um, yeah. it's more in the middle of the night that I'm having the issue not to fall asleep initially, I guess. Um, so I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Well, and and so that's that's a good question. So uh, one of the things that comes up a lot with parents is like you said it a couple times here is like, look, I don't mind the one feed in the middle of the night, but we have to think about mm-hmm. that. You know, for some babies, that's going to be no problem. That one feed is no problem, and they can do mm-hmm. it, and it doesn't confuse them, and all is well. And and it it sounds like that was the case with your first child, right? So the the issue with some babies is that if they are fed sometimes and not every time they wake Mm -hmm. up overnight, they don't understand why they can't eat all night when they can eat that one night. So then they don't want to go to bed until that thing happens, right? They're waiting you out to have it. So there are some scenarios, and I think I talked about this in my night weeding podcast, where it makes sense to remove the okay. feed in order for the sleep to happen. Yeah. And generally when babies are that yeah. aware, alert, and like on board, it's really not about hunger. It's more about preference. Again, this is not a diagnosis. A hundred percent, please go talk to your doctor. beforehand. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> you know, sure. I... I I, I would <laughs> double check that the feed isn't confusing her. And then then she might just yeah. want to be up to play. You know what I mean? Um, so I would yeah. I would do a I really so. good... Yeah, do an audit of your whole night. Do an audit of your whole day. What mm-hmm. you need to do during that audit is ask yourself, is there anything that I am doing within 20 minutes of my child falling asleep that is calming, okay. lulling, pacifying, doing Mm -hmm. anything that could be in any way helping that child to sleep. If your answer is yes, you got to move it. Or it's Mm -hmm. not like we stop feeding our kids. We just give them like a good 20 minute gap. It's not that we stop cuddling our kids. We just don't do it within 20 minutes. You know what I mean? So do an audit of before bed of before. And and we're talking like for feedings Mm -hmm. too. 20 minutes from the end of the feed, breast or bottle, to the start of a sleep. Okay, you can feed that baby whenever okay. you want. 20 minute, like 20,000 yeah. times a day, whenever you want. You just want to make sure there's yeah. a nice alert gap. So when you are putting her to sleep, she's aware, she's alert, she's looking at you. She's mm-hmm. not at all drowsy. Mm-hmm. Drowsy but awake is a lie. It's not a lie. It's a it's a good strategy yeah. for younger babies. Okay, older babies. Okay, drowsy okay. is a stage of sleep. You know what I mean? It's it's when mm-hmm. you're on the couch and you're kind mm-hmm. of like, oh, okay, yeah, there's Netflix. In that time where your eyes are kind of flickering, yeah. you are 
you are in yeah. a stage of sleep. If your baby needs you to get okay. to there every time, they're going to wake frequently overnight. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. As you're okay. saying it, it makes sense. <laughs> I mean, it's I, I, I want to be clear. I'm not like, this is just what I do for a living. And then I also have like another consultant yeah. that I talk to about my kids' sleep problems. Because when it's your okay. child, no yeah. one is that that centered, you know? Like, of course, this is what my child yeah. is doing. It's like yeah. your child, sure. right? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah. love it. That's too funny. amazing. And then I mean, like, then they're they're going to be sharing a room, right? So I mean, the older one is is I don't think she's going to be the issue. I mean, I think she sleeps. Right. She sleeps now all night, like no problem. That's right. why I was like, okay, let me get this one. Maybe I mean, I'm I guess it'll be an adjustment to when we move in, but yeah, um, yeah. I guess one question well, I would just have is. Yeah. No, no, you go ahead. Sorry, there's a little bit of a delay. Sorry. Yeah, just one question would be, I guess, like, let's say the first night we move in, do both of them just go into that room and have, you know, comfort, I guess, who needs to be? Or do I do one first and then the other? I mean, I don't know how to tackle that. When do you move exactly? In four weeks. Okay. About four weeks. So what I would do is I would say before you do any room sharing, both kids need to be mm -hmm. sleeping on their own independently. So it sounds like your oldest is. I would get on mm -hmm. the sleep training for your second mm -hmm. like now. Give her two weeks of sleeping okay. well. Okay. Is mm -hmm. there a possibility for them okay. to be room sharing at your current house? Um, yes. There is with some adjustments, but yes. So maybe what I would do is take the two weeks to help your youngest learn how to sleep. Once she's sleeping, take another two weeks and maybe do a little practice run of them room sharing. And then you can move yeah. them in together at the new okay. house. Or I would say if you don't mm -hmm. want to do that, then you you help your mm -hmm. second learn how to sleep first you move into the new house you get everyone settled mm -hmm. give it a week and then you can try um those would be my options for you i okay. wouldn't just i i wouldn't both move into a new house and move the baby into the same room together i would either do it before you leave or do it about a week okay. after you're settled and unpacked mm -hmm. okay okay perfect thank you no problem. That's awesome. Well, good luck in this yeah. in your part okay. two. Yes, thank you so much. I really no problem. It. Send me a message on on Instagram. Let me know how it goes. Okay, for sure. I absolutely will. Thank you for taking the time to do this as well. No problem. Thanks so much, Samantha. Bye. Thank you. Take care. Bye. All right. So that was Samantha. Now there are, okay. Wow. Lots of questions. So guys, I see your questions here. Um, if anyone would like to get on a live call, go ahead and request. I'd love to chat with you. You do not have to show your face. Um, okay. Okay.
Um, I'll go ahead and answer these. All right. So someone says, what do you think about the approach to Sleep Lady Shuffle? Uh, I think that's a great approach. It seems really gentle. Um, it's always, you know, when people ask me about approaches and methodologies, um, you may be disappointed to know that I don't really have strong feelings about many of them, as long as they're clear for the child. Um, really, the, so the, the methodology that you should, you choose should feel really good and comfortable to you. I can tell you to the cows come home, this is the best one, this is the best one. But unless it feels right to you, if it feels good to you, you're not gonna do what I say and you're going to self-sabotage. So if the Sleep Lady Shuffle feels like it's good to you, that's a methodology by Kim West, who is another sleep expert of the States, um, then go ahead and use it and I support you, okay? All right, next question here says, my baby just started her four-month sleep regression last week. Fun times. She is able to self-soothe mostly. Usually I need to rub her chest and shush her once or twice around 3 a.m. and 4 a.m. and then she settles down. However, after midnight, she really struggles with getting to sleep, squirming, kicking, although not screaming or crying. My heart is breaking for the lack of sleep she's getting. Is there any reason why it gets worse? Okay, yes. Why does it get worse after midnight? So this is a great question. So number one, your your heart does not have to break for your baby. It, it, she is doing a really normal thing. This is some biology stuff that you're witnessing and you're having some feelings about that you don't really need to feel bad about, okay? This is just her learning to sleep. And you said here that she's in a, a four-month sleep regression. You know, the four-month sleep regression is essentially a giant piece of learning, okay? Your child your child's brain is essentially on fire. And every time they go through any sort of development, it is going to be, um, it's going to be challenging for your child. Okay. So I, I want you to imagine like learning the most complex tasks or reading a book of like very hard math problems and then going to sleep. It's going to be hard for you to go to sleep. That's essentially what's happening with your child. Okay. And so that's part one. They're really restless, squirmy. Sounds like she's not uncomfortable. She's not crying. She's just kind of restless. And that's really normal during developmental periods, okay? Babies are very mo big movers and shakers. Um, I wouldn't watch the monitor. Uh, if you're sleeping and you don't hear her and she seems okay, check it once or twice and put it away because that can also cause some anxiety for you that's, that you just don't need. Um, so, you know, it, sorry, I'm like going through a story in my head. I always tell my clients that to pretend you're an 80s parent, okay? Attend to your child when you can hear them and when they seem upset. I, I feel like, and I, I was guilty of this, so I can say this without being judgy. Um, you know, when my children were little, I would watch everything that they did on the monitor and being awake from time to time, squirming, fidgeting. That's all really normal baby things. But babies are programmed to not be passive aggressive. They are aggressive aggressive. If they need you, they make sounds, they called you, they cry, um, they squawk, and I would go to her, okay, in those conditions. But if she just seems like a little bit unsettled, I think she's probably okay. So then the, the part two of your question is why is this so hard after midnight? And that's largely in part uh, due to melatonin production. So around dusk, around now, for me anyway, not sure when you guys are watching this or listening, um, I start to produce melatonin. It's going to make me feel tired and, and 
and want to go to sleep. Okay. Now it peaks. The most amount of melatonin you're going to have is around 3 a.m. Okay. After 3 a.m., your melatonin starts to go down, 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 down. When your melatonin goes down, your cortisol and adrenaline pipes up and says, great, we're ready to start the day, guys. Wake up hormones. Come on in. And then they start to come up. So what you're probably seeing is that, you know, I'm assuming it's not like right at midnight. It might be at like 3 a.m. Um, it's it's around like that time where her melatonin is dropping off and her awake hormones are starting to show up. So you're just seeing some biology in action. And I imagine that waking is actually the hardest waking for you to have because your hormones are doing the exact same thing. Okay. So there's your question. I hope that was helpful. Thank you. Okay. I have another question here. Okay. She says that makes so much sense. Thank you. I, I hope so. Um, Okay, my baby is nine and a half weeks. He has strong sleep association. He needs to be latched to the brush to go to sleep. And when he wakes up during a nap or at night, he needs to be latched again to fall back to sleep. This has been happening since three weeks old. Um, he won't be sued to sleep in any other way. Okay, so I would say that, you know, nine and a half weeks is a really young baby. This is a newborn baby. And a lot of newborn babies are, have a really hard time sleeping on their own. There's a lot of work that we can do to help them learn how to sleep on their own, but really they call it the fourth trimester because that baby still wants to be in your body, okay? They still need a lot of comfort and closeness. Now, if you're doing these drowsy, it sounds, you say, I'm doing um, drowsy but awake, uh, but you put him down, he bursts out crying every time. It sounds like you're doing a lot of the work uh, already. Um, uh, I would say all you can do with newborns is keep trying. I actually have another podcast episode all about newborns that may be really helpful to you that I would take a look at as well. Uh, just because uh, a, a lot of parents feel like failures during this time, like there's something that they're doing wrong, like all babies need to be sleeping independently. Sure, I guess they don't need to be. Um, but if you would like them to be, it is a really normal time for them not to be sleeping through the night. It is a really normal time for them to need a lot of comfort to sleep. Um, you know, my best piece of advice for you, it would be to put your baby down when they are alert and aware and having a good day. That's when you're going to put them down awake. Okay. Um, don't try to put them down before that. Um, or, or when they're having a bad day, because it's probably not going to work. And then keep trying to put him down when he's alert and aware. Okay. Um, and you might get lucky, but basically that's what I did with both my girls. Every hour I would wrap them up like a little burrito and put them down when they were happy and they eventually learn how to fall asleep. Don't try to actively put them down unless they're ready to. My girls didn't seem to bo be bothered by it. So I let it happen. If yours are, they're just not ready to do that work yet. After four months, if you're really experiencing very similar things, you can give me a call. You can call one of my team members. You can uh, talk to your pediatrician about maybe reducing that sleep association. And I would say after four months is a great time to get started on that. I hope that helps. Okay, someone says, speaking about drowsy but awake, you said that you said only use drowsy but awake for younger babies. When should that stop being the protocol? When should you switch fully to awake without putting them down? I would say around that four month time. So our, our last question said, you know, um, 
let's talk about uh, the four-month regression. Um, well, the four-month regression is the first time your child remembers how they fell asleep. So around four months, I would start uh, transitioning your baby to more independent sleep because they're at a time where they remember how they fell, fall, have fallen asleep. Doesn't mean removing night feedings at that age. Generally, kids between four and six months still need to be eating at night. Um, not all, but a lot do. And um, yeah, so I would, I would try to get them down awake, awake around starting in around four months. Okay. Um, Okay, my daughter is seven months and won't nap for more than 30 minutes. Help. Her wake windows are two and a half and three hours. I need a lot more digging, Anonymous. If you want to jump in on the call, I can ask you some questions. It's hard for me to answer that because there are so many variables. Um, I'll see if you come in on my incoming call line and I can try to answer these questions for you. But for now, I'm not exactly sure. I'm going to come back to this question, though. Hoping you come and join me live. All right, I have another question here on the four-month regression. Should I continue naps as previous or try to give her more naps to make up the deficit? I would, you know, uh, there is a school of thought that for younger babies, they can't nap, so you should just help them to nap on their own. I think it's always worth allowing your baby to try to fall asleep on their own. Um, I, would, I would try to do what you're doing at night during the day as well. Um, don't worry about this deficit. If she's just kind of awake and in and out of sleep, she's doing the work. You don't need to be actively making up her deficit for her, especially if she's quiet, calm, not crying, and just kind of squirming. She's probably getting some sleep. It's just restless. All right, my seven-month-old nap friend isn't back or isn't talking to me alive, and that's okay. So what I would say is, without knowing more, I would actually take a look at my nap masterclass. That's something that you could go to on my website. It's $29. Um, I go through all of the reasons why your child may not be napping. First and foremost, you obviously want to make sure that your child is falling asleep independently. Children who don't sleep independently will very unlikely sleep past 30 minutes because a 30 minute nap is just one sleep cycle. A long nap is actually two sleep cycles. In order to connect a sleep cycle, you need to know how to fall asleep in the first place. So if you're helping your child sleep still, it's time to pull away from that first. If you're saying, Amanda, I do no help to sleep at all. I don't know what this is. Then I would go and check out the nap masterclass for, for part two. All right, guys. Well, we did well. We talked for about 40 minutes. This is wonderful. I'm going to do this again. If you liked what you heard, uh, keep your eye open on my Instagram uh, for everything. I, I post everything there first, guys. I'm basically on there all day, all night. Um, well, not all night because I sleep. I'm a sleep consultant. Um, yes. Oh, we got one more sinky question. My two and a half year old moves around 360 degrees all night. I'm not rushing him into a toddler bed, but I'm worried about him outgrowing sleep sacks and needing to use a blanket. His room gets really cold in the winter. At what age do kids start sleeping more in one position? Ha! Never. <laughs> my my girls are six and four, and I walk in and they're halfway across the bed. Look, you know what? They are great regulators. They'll wake up cold. They'll put themselves, um, <laughs> she's like, 
Sorry, she, the, the question person just said, I was worried you would say that. But here's the good news for you. My daughter will wake up, find that she's in a weird position, put her blanket back on and go to bed. Um, and you can do that too. You don't need to worry. Uh, kids, by the time they're in bed, uh, are, are pretty good at putting on their blankets for the most part. You may have to teach them how. Um, I would actually keep your child in their crib for as long as possible. Don't rush them out. You're going to have a walking, talking alarm clock. Um, and you might have to be your, their personal, sh personal chauffeur to, um, putting on blankets. And let me tell you, that is no fun. Okay. <laughs> okay now this is really my goodbye for now uh if you on uh if you are on youtube subscribe like leave a comment if you have any other questions you'd like me to hit in the podcast if you are listening in the podcast please send me a note tell me that you're listening follow me on instagram at baby's best sleep and find any one of my team members uh using my site they are a great source of information as well we have andrea we have emma and we have karen and they are amazing um Thank you so much. You can find them at, uh, at BBS underscore Andrea, Karen, or Emma on Instagram. They are amazing. Okay, now I'm just babbling. Have a great night, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. Bye.